This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. It was his Christmas message. The Pope, Pope Francis, said the world is starving for peace. He said the world was suffering from a famine of peace. So what was his alternative? What is he promoting to accomplish that, if anything? We want to take a look at that here today on Viewpoint, but that's not all. Because nearing the same period of time, President Joe Biden warned that dark forces are thirsting for power. So if dark forces are thirsting for power, then what kind of peace is it that those in our planet are looking for? Are they looking for power that they think is going to produce a utopian world peace? That's where we are here today on Viewpoint, and I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation as always with ever-increasing conviction, Tonk the Transforms. And here we are in the very season in which the angels announced or pronounced to the shepherds there on the hills outside Bethlehem, for unto us is born a child, he will be called the Prince of Peace. And the angels sang, glory to God in the highest on an earth, peace, goodwill toward men. What is going to bring that peace and goodwill toward men? And why don't we have peace and goodwill toward men? If we miss God's plan for peace and goodwill toward men, that means that humankind believes it must create its own gospel for peace. And that gospel is called globalism. It's the anti-gospel. It's the gospel that's against the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ. In fact, it's totally contrary to the very celebration of Christmas and the birth of Christ. Regardless of when Jesus was born, it doesn't matter whether he was born on December 22nd or born in March or born in July. He may have been born at any of those times, but the truth is he was born, and that's the real issue, isn't it? So we tend to want to focus, many want to focus, that is, on extraneous details that God hasn't chosen to reveal while not focusing on the things that he has chosen to reveal. Have you noticed that phenomenon? It's true even among professing Christians. In fact, maybe even especially among professing Christians that like to argue about what they call finer points of theology that really, in many respects, make no difference whatsoever because it allows us to ignore the real message. Well, we're not going to ignore a real message here today on Viewpoint, and so it's a delight to uh, join with you here uh, post-Christmas and on our way toward a new year, 2023. 
If we were to take a look at that year and subtract it about, it's from the year 2030, amazing. And he's how many years would we wrong. have it's left? An amazing thing. But right now on the Seven line, uh, Nick. Years. Does that name ring a bell to you? Does that word seven, seven years mean anything to you? Does it connect at all in any way with biblical prophecy? If you have any inkling of what biblical prophecy is all about, the number seven should be screaming to you of significance. But we're not going to focus on the number seven today. I just use that as a means to get your attention. Because seven years from now is exactly the time when the head of the World Economic Forum said we're going to launch the New World Order. The Great Reset, it's going to be in complete operation by then. Which means between now and then, it has to be inaugurated. It has to be moved into position. Slowly, but not that slowly. In other words, it has to be moved into position rather quickly. And indeed it is. So, what is this pursuit of peace? Why is it that men cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace? That's exactly what the ancient prophet said was going to happen. Men would cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. On the other hand, Jesus said to his disciples, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. In other words, it's not the same kind of peace. It's not about peace among nations. It's about peace in your inward being, in your mind and in your heart. Because if you don't have peace in your mind and in your heart, that is in your mind and heart, then nobody else around you is going to have peace either. And that's our problem. So the thinkers in our world who are not God-fearing but God-resisting, if not God-hating, have come to the conclusion that because it's almost impossible to expect that there would be peace in individuals across the world. Therefore, the only hope for peace on earth is to compel it. In other words, to create a situation and a world order in which humankind and every individual is so governed so that freedom is removed and you will conform to the alternative peace movement or you'll be selected out. You won't belong to the culture of the new peace movement. That's what the New Agers say. They say you either conform to the global consciousness, the so-called Christ consciousness of the New World Order, or you don't belong and you will be selected out. In other words, you'll be removed. We don't want to go into the, the details about how you will be removed. You might just take a look back at the French Revolution and get an idea. So today we want to focus on this issue of peace or power. It's not that difficult to figure out, but we have to be willing to hear the truth concerning it. In my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, chapter 7 is called Globalism, the Anti-Gospel. Here are the first words in that chapter. Man devises his own ways, seeking to create a utopian world order, promising peace, but inevitably through a counterfeit prince of peace. 
Well, who is the counterfeit Prince of Peace? It's not the Prince of Peace that the angels announced there on the hills outside Bethlehem. It's not the Prince of Peace that Isaiah promised in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. No, it's not that Prince of Peace. It's another one. It's one created by man as an alternative, a man, humankind, collectively resisting the God of peace. So, in 1950, on February 17th, James Paul Warburg declared before the United States Senate, we shall have world government. He said the only question is whether world government will be achieved by conquest or consent. Well, if it's not achieved by consent, it's going to have to be achieved by power, conquest. And that's how you gain peace? Hmm. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I have an interesting question for you as we launch deeper into the program here today concerning peace or power. Did Jesus promise peace? I don't answer too quickly. Think about it. Let the question probe and roll around in the membranes of your mind. Did Jesus promise peace? Well, the answer is yes and no. He didn't just promise peace. He promised tribulation. He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be assured I have overcome the world. In other words, I've led the way that you might have peace. What kind of peace? Is he talking about world peace the way we think of it? Is he talking about peace among nations? Is he talking about somehow having all the nations reconcile and uh, having Russia and Ukraine make nice and come together, and Vladimir Putin and uh, Mr. Zelensky will lock arms and kiss one another. Is that what he's talking about? No, he's not talking about that at all. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, think not that I am come to bring peace on the earth. I'm not come to bring peace, but a sword. Wow then who is this Jesus? If he is to be the Prince of Peace, and he says, I came not to bring peace but a sword, then how are we to understand him? Therein lies the big problem, the big conundrum that's leading us inevitably to a one-world order, a planetary dictatorship. And we're going to hear from one who actually calls it that, a planetary dictatorship, coming straight from the World Tribune today. This is one of the most challenging subjects that we could possibly think about here just 
following Christmas and as we approach a new year. Because this new year is promising to bring, well, not just peace, but a sword. In fact, the anti-globalist Roman Catholic Archbishop Carlo Maria Vegano has called for a manifesto to fight back against a coup d'etat launched by globalist elites who are relentlessly pushing a new world order in which a universal republic enslaves everyone and a religion of humanity cancels faith in Christ. He says it's a planetary dictatorship waging world war. That doesn't sound like peace, does it? But that's their goal. They think the godless leaders of our world actually have convinced themselves yielding to the anti-gospel being presented by Satan himself, that they can achieve peace without Christ. That means that they must bring forth a figure who is against Christ. Because if they don't believe that Christ can bring peace, then they believe they can bring peace, but they have to have the ultimate peacemaker. And that figure is called the Antichrist. Now perhaps you understand why I wrote the book Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Because the issue is not what his name is. Everybody wants to find out who what his name is. No. What the Bible leads us to do And the prophets and Christ, what they lead us to do is look for his characteristics. How would we recognize him? You see, if the Jewish leaders, the Sanhedrin, the 71 elders of Israel, the revered religious leaders in Jesus' day could not recognize him as the Prince of Peace, that means that their minds and their hearts were prepared to receive someone else that they would call Messiah. They rejected Jesus as Messiah, Yeshua. They rejected him as Messiah. So they would receive someone else. So Jesus put it this way. I came to you in my father's name and you rejected me. But there is one coming in his own name and him you will receive. And so Israel will enter into, through its religious leaders and its political leaders, will enter into what God in Isaiah 28 calls a covenant with death. Does that sound like peace? No, it's not peace at all. But it's going to be the end result or the consequence of refusing or rejecting the Prince of Peace, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Mashiach, the Holy One of Israel, and embracing a counterfeit. So let's take a look at what a well-known anti-globalist Roman Catholic Archbishop, Carlo Maria Vegano, has further to say about this. Remember, he served as the Vatican's apostolic nuncio to the United States, from October 2011 to April 2016. And he took to Twitter to call on individuals worldwide, quote, 
who are not willing to cancel their own identity, their own individuality, their own religious faith, to forge an alliance to fight back against the globalists engaged in bringing to fruition the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. He went on to say, the global coup d'etat deprives citizens of any possibility of defense since the legislative, executive, and judicial powers are complicit in the violation of law, justice, and the purpose for which they exist. He went on to say, it is the plan of the new world order in which a universal republic enslaves everyone and a religion of humanity cancels faith in Christ. Notice the terms that he used. A religion of humanity canceling faith in Christ. This is the ultimate cancel culture. We see it being played out in front of us, friends. You say, well, why would you talk about this right on the heels of a wonderful Christmas celebration? Well, this is the best time to talk about it because we've just been introduced to the Prince of Peace that he was going to come as a babe in a manger, but he wasn't going to stay there. He was born to die. He was born to be a savior. He was born to give us hope and peace contrary to the peace offered by the rest of the world. So Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have a lot of big troubles. But be not afraid. I have overcome the world. Don't be discouraged. I have overcome the world. In other words, if you will follow me as the Prince of Peace, you will have peace. Even amid the tribulation, you will have peace. So again, Jesus said, the peace that I'm offering unto you is not the same kind of peace that the world is offering unto you. Now, if we can can somehow grab a hold of that, we know those passages. Most of us know those passages, but somehow they just don't quite resonate fully in our minds and hearts, do they? And so we struggle. We struggle with, why is there no peace? So, the Pope, Francis, said the world is starving for peace. Well, he's right. But the peace that he's talking about is not the peace that Jesus was talking about. Because he went on to talk about the various troubles in the world, Ukraine, poor people, and so on. He's talking about people feeling good. He's talking about somehow the the world uniting in one great uh, chorus singing Kumbaya. Friends, that's the counterfeit. That's the false piece because it has nothing whatsoever to do In fact, the Pope doesn't even call for a change of mind and heart among the people. He just calls for accepting people everywhere. That's why he is largely in favor and has not come out against in any significant way the LGBTQ movement. That's why he has uh, come alongside and supported, uh, contrary to 
long-standing Catholic doctrine and even the doctrine of the whole church as a whole, Protestant or Catholic, that agrees with what Jesus said, whoever divorces their spouse causes them to commit adultery, and whoever marries the one so divorced commits adultery. He's come alongside and said, well, not so fast, we're going to receive you anyway. You see, what he is seeking to do, what Pope Francis is seeking to do, is create a counterfeit unity under the supposed unifying wings of the papacy or the mother church. That's what he sees. And he sees himself as the one to create it. That's why he is in favor of the Great Reset. He has come out openly and publicly in favor of the New World Order. In fact, three popes in a row have done that. But Pope Francis in mega proportions. You see, even within the Roman Catholic Church and the papacy, the forces are arrayed against Christ and in favor of a new world order that will be led by an anti-Christ counterfeit. A man. Give us a man. Israel itself is looking for such a person. Israel, while claiming to be looking for a Messiah, 65% or so of Israelis now claim to be uh, looking for a Messiah, claim that we're in a messianic age, but the Messiah they're looking for is not the one that Jesus, uh, that the Bible promised, not the one that Isaiah promised in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Because in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, Isaiah says, his name will be called the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. The Jewish people and their leaders say, no, he will not be the everlasting father. He will not be uh, the son of God because that would be blasphemy because the Lord our God is one. Therefore, he will just be a mere man like Moses. So they admit openly and have so right on this radio program, we're not looking for a divine messiah. In fact, they don't even want a divine Messiah because that would mean that he would be king, and Israel has always rejected uh, God as king. All the way back to the prophet Samuel, give us a king like all the other nations. We want to be just like all the other nations. We want our king to wage peace, and through war to wage peace so that we can become king of the mountain. This is our problem, friends. It is a spiritual issue at its root, and there will be no peace on earth, ultimately, until the Prince of Peace, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah, Jesus, the Anointed One, the Holy One of Israel, rules and reigns on this planet. Until that happens... Men will pursue peace, even at any price. Even if it necessitates bringing every single person on the planet under absolute virtual military control by a, by a, uh, a government made up of men ruled by a counterfeit Christ figure who seems to be 
such a miraculous person who will usher in this great, noble peace that we've been looking for. So, the uh, former Roman Catholic Archbishop, Carlo Maria Vigano, has been boldly speaking out. One of the very few voices within the broader Catholic community. He's been speaking out for the gospel. He said it is the plan of the new world order in which a universal republic enslaves everyone and a religion of humanity cancels faith in Christ. You see, faith in Christ isn't going to unify. There has to be some other faith that unifies. And that's why Pope Francis, as we speak, is preparing the one world religion gathering there in Dubai. Abu Dhabi, rather. Three major edifices for Muslim, Judaism, and Christianity. Uniting them all in one great peace effort. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. The fear of the Lord is the foundation for peace on earth. The fear of the Lord. Not the fear of man. The fear of the Lord is the foundation because... It's the foundation for all wisdom. Without wisdom, you cannot have peace. And you have to have God's wisdom, not man's wisdom, God's wisdom. And they're different. We need to understand that. So when Pope Francis this weekend has said the world is starving for peace, he's right, but he's not articulating what peace the world is starving for. If he were, he'd be bringing a spiritual message concerning the rejection of humankind of God's word, his will, and his ways. He would be calling the people, starting in his domain in the Roman Catholic Church, he would be calling them to the fear of the Lord, not the fear of the Pope, not the fear of a one-world order, but the fear of the Lord, and calling them to repentance and to obedience to the word, the will, and the ways of God through Jesus Christ. But he's not doing that. Because he knows that will not unify the world. So he's the ultimate expression, you should you could say, of the church growth movement. That metastasized into the seeker-sensitive movement. It's the Pope's version of it. And he is seen as 
the ultimate, shall we say, conciliatory force in the world because he brings the, the seeming religious dimension to the geopolitics necessary to create the one world order. That's why he's accepted. That's why he's joined forces. It's mankind's effort to create peace without God. Billy Graham once wrote a book titled Peace with God. The message was very simple. The only way to have peace with God is to submit to God as your Lord, your Master, your Savior, your Redeemer, your King. If you don't, you won't have peace. It's very simple. So the peace that God gives and promises through Jesus Christ is peace in your heart, in your mind. But you see, our flesh mitigates against that kind of peace because we want it on our own terms. We want what we want the way we want it and however we can get it. And so we're going to reject. We're not going to embrace the simple message that Jesus gave. No, we're going to do it our way, like Frank Sinatra said. I'll do it my way. This is a very big deal. I'm not grasping at straws here. This is the very heart of the matter that we're facing in our world. This is the very heart of what the church is facing right now. At every level. This is the heart of what pastors are facing. They're facing the very same temptations that the Pope is facing. Trying to encourage and cajole a kind of peace without the full embrace of loyalty and obedience to Christ. In other words, have it your way. Isn't that what Burger King once said? Got to give the people what they want. Have it your way. Well, that's the theme. That's the theme. However, when you consider the magnitude of bringing peace on earth without the internal dynamic of Christ's redemption and peace from the inside out, then you're facing a bigger, much bigger challenge. And that requires what Klaus Schwab said, a complete restructuring of the world. You, you, you heard that correctly, a complete restructuring of the world. That's what they're looking for. So here's what's happening. As faith in Christ is fading in America and almost faded out in England and in Europe, you could call a deepening religious or a Christian recession. As that's happening, peace is leaving. That's why crime has become an ever-increasing problem. That's why uh, within the black community, the destruction of the family is taking place. So there's no peace. The young men don't have peace, and they seek it with gangs. Young men who do not have peace seek it elsewhere. You see, everybody's seeking peace of some sort. 
How can I get a piece of peace? So they'll look for anything that will promise even a temporary feeling of peace. Some sense of belonging or being part of something. That's what gangs are. Now, before we go further, I want to make available to you, because there's only so much we can do here on the air in 50 minutes. So I want to make available again to you. There may be some who are listening for the first time. There may be some who have only been recent listeners and aren't quite familiar uh, with what we do and the books that we have available. But I'm, So I'm going to make it available again. First, I've mentioned the book Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. That book came out two years ago. People are now getting it as if it has just come out because they see what the dynamics of what are taking place, and it's resonating now with them. Someone said long ago, Chuck, the books that you write are way ahead of their time. In other words, you're writing like it were 10 years from now. No, they're right on time, friends. That's the problem. They're right on time. If you wait until people think it's the time, it's too late. There's no time to do anything. There's no time to prepare. There's no time to respond. There's no time to get it through your mind and heart. These works are written specifically for this moment in time. Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. $22, we'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. The same is true for Messiah, which is the book that just came out, unveiling the mystery of the ages. This is like two sides of the same coin. On the one side of the coin is Antichrist. On the other side of the coin is Messiah. And the battle is already raging, as you will discover when you read book, the book Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. The setup for pursuing this counterfeit peace is vast. And it's going to take the majority of people on this planet, including, I believe, many, if not most professing Christians, by surprise. That's why Jesus warned about it. He said, "If it, the deception is going to be so great that if it were possible, even the very small remnant elect would be deceived. So, that's also $22. Now, we're going to continue to make our packages, our December packages available. These are very special discount passages. Uh, uh, packages, rather. So, there are five of them. They're on our website, saveus.org. The first package I'll point out to you is Antichrist and Messiah. Those two together, remember, they're $22 a piece, but they're going to be used for $36 instead of $44. So that's $4 off a piece, and you'll uh, pay $7 postage and handling for the combined two. Then, in addition to that, if you'd rather have three copies of Messiah so that you can give them out to your pastor, or friends, or relatives, and so on, those are going to be made available to you for $51. 
normally, if 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 you get it individually, it's twenty two dollars a piece or sixty six dollars. In other words, we're basically almost giving you one book free. Why? Because we want to get the message out as quickly as possible. Things are moving extremely rapidly, friends. If you thought the virus moved rapidly, this is many times more deadly than the virus. This is a spiritual virus that's sweeping the world. The other package that I'm going to refer to you to is called Seduction of the Saints, King of the Mountain, and Antichrist. Those are three of the most popular books we have ever done. Those three books retail for $60 if you buy them individually, and you're going to be able to get them for $41. In other words, you're going to be able to get one basically free. And it'll be $9 for postage and handling for all three books. Go to the website, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or you can write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. All right. The world is yearning for utopia. Utopia is, shall we say, a euphemistic term for world peace. They want everything to be perfect. Everything, it's been the world government has been the dream and dominion of men throughout the ages to this present age. From the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 to the trumpeting of the new world order right now in our generation. Mankind and its various kingdoms and rulers have sought to govern the then known world in power and glory. Notice the word power. They claimed they wanted peace, but what they really wanted was power. Man's lust for power and glory seeks to eclipse, escape, or even defy the power and glory of the Creator. The problem with pursuit of global government is not in the nature of government itself, because God ordained government as the minister of God to us for good, to protect against evil and praise that which is good. But when we don't begin with the fear of the Lord, we will ultimately fear man. And that brings about a kind of government that is counterfeit and terrifying and will not ultimately bring peace on earth, even with the promise of utopia. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Viewpoint. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church.
The Pope has declared over the weekend that the world is starving for peace. He said, our time is experiencing a grave famine of peace. That's true. But there's a famine of the word of the Lord in the land. That's the reason. And the Pope doesn't even mention it. Why? Because he knows that will not bring about the kind of peace and unity that he is seeking. He's seeking a different kind of unity. He's seeking one that he can accomplish as the primate, the bishop of the Roman Catholic Church, to fulfill the requirements of uh, Revelation 17, to bring the world under the saving arms of the papacy. So he sees himself. He sees himself as the leader in that role for religious purposes. So the secular leaders of the world who are anti-God, God-haters, do not fear the Lord at all, they are using Pope Francis, they're using the popes as the means to help usher in the sense of a religious component to their godless global order that they're working toward. It's interesting, then, why the Wall Street Journal would carry this headline, How Pope Francis Became the Leader of the Global Left. Progressives are looking to a pontiff who's taken bold positions on a variety of issues, including migration, climate change, economic equality, and rights of indigenous peoples, called for a sharp reduction in the use of fossil fuels and described global warming as a major threat to life on Earth. Notice, he's focusing on things that the Bible does not focus on. So his views have allied him with Uh, groups that oppose the church's moral teachings. Because he knows that will not unite. Truth will unite those who love truth. Truth will divide those who don't. And that's the reason Jesus said, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I came to bring peace, not peace, but a sword. To set a husband against a wife, children against their parents, and so on. It's clear right there in the Bible, friends. It's part of the life uh, of Jesus Christ. We don't like to hear that taught because it doesn't sell. But the gospel is not something to be marketed. It's not something to be sold. It's good news when you embrace it at its simplicity. If you don't embrace it in its entirety and simplicity, then you're resisting it. You can't embrace and resist at the same time. You just can't do that. And you won't have peace. If you say, I love Jesus Christ, and yet you resist things that he has said, you resist what he said about marriage, you resist what he said about divorce, you resist what he said about uh, forgiveness and so on, hey, Basically, you're saying, I want the fruit without the root. I want what I want, 
and I'm just going to have to hope for the best because I'm not going to agree with Jesus. You will not have peace. You'll try, but you won't have peace. The only way you and I can have peace on earth is if we humble ourselves, become as little children, and agree with God through his messenger, Jesus Christ. That's the only way we can have peace. Otherwise, deep inside, no matter how you try to run from it, it's going to haunt you. It's just going to haunt you. We have to get real with God. It's not difficult. It's not hard. What's hard about it is our flesh. And your flesh, my friend, will lead you to embrace the Antichrist. That's why Jesus warned about it. That's why the apostles warned about it. I don't know why it's so difficult for us to get get this through. Another article. Pope Francis and his globalist aspirations and the Antichrist. On April 8th of this year, Pope Francis addressed the World Bank and International Monetary Fund. He only mentioned God once, and that was in the last line of his letter. He focused on calling for a system of global government which would implement a new societal order based upon climate change policies and universal vaccination. The Pope is a part of the globalist community. Globalists have no room for nationalism, in other words, for nations. The political left seeks to bring America to its knees, crushing nationalism. Nationalism stands in their way of globalist utopia that has to have a centralized totalitarian control. Now you know, friends, why the Democrat Party and Pope Francis and those who, even within the Republican Party, who came out in such vitriolic anger against Donald Trump. They did so not because of his tweets, not because of his personality, but because he said, no, I'm president of the United States, I'm going to fulfill my role, and we're going to make America great again. And they said, no, you're not, not on our watch. We're going to have a new world order. We're going to have a new global order. And so they waged war against him. How in the world he's been able to endure, I do not know. You and I would never be able to endure what that man has endured. And I'm not trumping him up as if he's some saint. That's not the point. Most of our country has missed the point. Our pastors have missed the point. American corporations are run by technocratic globalists. They have no loyalty to America or to Americans. Their loyalty is to the globalist ideal, which is the spirit of Antichrist. Another article. 
UN forces seat forces seat to hijack religion for globalism. The UN has already brought government and the business sector on board with the agenda, and now it's turning to the social sector, primarily religion. Exposed are some of the funding sources, such as major tax-exempt foundations with deep ties to the occult, and even disciples of Lucifer Publishing Company founder and New Age guru Alice Bailey. For the World Tribune, like King Charles, the new UK Prime Minister has deep ties with the World Economic Forum. Globalists could not be happier, as both Sunak, Rishi Sunak, and Charles have deep, long-standing ties to Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum. Charles is a major supporter of Schwab's Great Reset Agenda, and even touted the onset of the COVID pandemic as the perfect opportunity to overhaul the world's economy and usher in a fourth industrial revolution. Even Hamas, Mahmoud al-Zahar, a leader in uh, of the uh, vitriolic Hamas group over there among the Palestinians, said, we want the whole world, not just Israel. We want the whole world, not just Israel. You see, these are the dark forces that are thirsting for power. Joe Biden tried to make it seem like the dark forces were those that are resisting the new global order which he supports to the max. No, the dark forces are those that are bringing it about. Now, in the UK, excuse me, in the uh, uh, Ukraine, the Russian Times comes out with an excellent long article, War of the Churches, how Ukraine has become unsafe for millions of Orthodox believers. It's an unbelievable article that shows the history of the warfare within the Orthodox Church there in Ukraine. There's no interest in peace. Then, just last week, we heard that the Vatican defrocked Father Frank Pavone, a leader of the U.S. anti-abortion movement who happened to be a strong supporter of former President Donald Trump. So he was dismissed from the Catholic priesthood at the behest of the Pope. The Pope doesn't want his priest to be against abortion publicly. Why? Because he sees abortion as such a sensitive issue that to come against abortion openly and notoriously is to shall we say, defeat his underlying purpose of uniting the world around a counterfeit world order. You can't unite by presenting something like abortion or anti-abortion. No matter what the Bible might say about it. So he got rid of a vocal priest, Frank Pavone. Next, Pope joins global elite to plan for world after COVID. 
Pope Francis and leading Vatican officials have held a meeting with many members of the world's global financial elite on how to reshape the world after the COVID pandemic. Finance ministers of seven countries joined the gathering together with the Vatican's representative. The conference was not even advertised by the Pontifical Academies and was closed to the press. Why? They didn't want you to know about it. You talk about the conspiracy. This is the confederation of the leaders of the world, including the papacy, my friends, to bring about a godless one-world government as the the final effort of humankind to build the Tower of Babel again, spiritually, unite the world for a utopian peace on earth without God. Next, for the Washington Times, Pope Francis hops aboard the chilling globalist Great Reset World Economic Forum wagon. Pope Francis, in remarks in the Apostolic Palace, said the coronavirus has provided the perfect opportunity for economies of the world to reimagine markets and push businesses to put social justice rather than profits at the core of their pursuits. In layman's, he's calling for an end to capitalism and worldwide implementation of socialism. He just picked up the World Economic Forum's Socialist Collectivist Great Reset playbook and moved it just a little bit more down the road under religious tones. It's no secret. This Pope, along with many globalists and elitists with their own designs for world dominance and once-in-a-lifetime chance to force a massive change. The Pope urges governments to use the pandemic. This is what the World Economic Forum is advising and advocating via its Great Reset. Finally, In religion news, nationalism must not prevail, declared Pope Francis, addressing the United Nations. Why? Because you can't unite the world in a utopian peace on earth with independent nations having their own power. So what's it about, friends? Is it about power or peace? It's about power, ostensibly to create a man-made peace. It will fail dramatically. It's painful. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.